Hello and welcome to another episode of Hawks and Handsaws. My name is Brad and I'm joined by Eric. Hello everybody. This marks episode 32, I want to say, of our intrepid podcast going out to places where we haven't gone before. And we are going to be talking about the Orville. And uh, I didn't expect to be here two or three weeks ago, but here we are. So I, I want to tell the story about how this all came to pass. I think that's how we should start. <laughs> okay, okay, go ahead. Yeah, so the uh, my initial impression of the Orville was from a trailer before the show even came out. And being an avid Star Trek fan, it looked like it was just making fun of Star Trek. So I was thinking something along the lines of a scary movie or, um, you know, like any of those parody type things, you know, it's just like, it's not really what it is, but it's just a, it's all jokes. It's all dumb jokes all the time. And, uh, there was a time in my life and I was like, you know what, those actually might be a good thing. Then I watched meet the Spartans, which is a spoof off of 300, 300. And it was the worst movie. I have like not the worst movie. I think it was the worst experience of a movie I've ever had. <laughs> I, I felt as a viewer assaulted by the movie and like it took my stuff and kicked my dog. And I don't know. And people always like to say, well, I want my 90 minutes back. What a waste of my life. I don't think it was a waste of my life. It taught me something very important. And it's that these parody type things that go deep into the crude zone or the stupid zone like too far it is 100 percent not for me now scary movie on the other hand i've seen a lot more of that since then scary movie is actually pretty funny <laughs> like it has a lot of smart jokes and like trope inversions on there it's kind of funny but when i saw the trailer for the orville all i saw was really dumb parody like the, the meet the spartans level stupid of they're just I don't know. They don't even like Star Trek. They're just making fun of it. They're being mean. <laughs> and I, I didn't, I didn't like that. And, uh, then you, you told me a few weeks back that, Hey, I just finished, you know, season three of the Orville and I was shocked. And I'm like, what are you, what are you talking about? And you <laughs> said, well, it was spectacular. And I'm like, what? And so I had this moment of, is Eric just messing with me? Is, <laughs> has he lost his mind or like i i, I didn't it's know how to process possible. this right and so I, I didn't know so uh from here tell us your journey eric how did you get from initial trailer reaction to watching the show to spectacular like and be kind of general you don't have to talk through all three seasons or whatever but walk us through your <laughs> yeah, journey no. so it I think my initial impression was something along the lines as yours was like, this is dumb, but, uh, we just happened to have Hulu and it was available on Hulu and I'm much more inclined to try things out when they're already, I mean, it's not costing me anything extra. <laughs> so <laughs> I mean, it's already paid for. Why not? So I, I remember like the trailers, the jokes were kind of dumb, but I think I did kind of chuckle at a few of them enough to mm. make me think, all right, let's see where they go with this. And so I, on a whim, just kind of started it. 
And I think I started it as something to play while I was on an exercise bike. I, I absolutely despise exercise, but I understand <laughs> its necessity. <laughs> and my wife just happened to get this good deal on this exercise bike. So I had it and I had like this little place where I could put my phone. I was like, okay, okay. I think I even upgraded to my laptop one time, just folded it so it would sit there. <laughs> um, and just kind of watch this show while I would, you know, sit there doing my thing for half hour or more. And uh, because I was doing something else, it wasn't, I, I mean, I wasn't really able to interact with the screen very much and like, uh can't handle this anymore or whatever. I was, I was more inclined to see it through, um, because of the situation. And so I just kind of went through and it was dumb, but I, it got a few chuckles out of me and like not even very many episodes in, I already noticed that it started to tackle, try and tackle some actual serious things, some real issues in the world. And as an English teacher. I'm always on the lookout for things that make kids think. I always try to ask the hard questions. I may or may not be good at it, but I, I want them to think about real world issues and the implications of it. And I saw the kinds of questions I like to think about and ask being asked by this show. And I thought, whoa. And as they asked them, I also discovered it to not be too preachy in asking those questions. Like it was literally asking the questions rather than trying to answer them for you, which I thought much more intelligent. That's hard to do. If a, if a show has got something to explore, it's going to like say, well, actually I had this message all along that this is the way you should be thinking about it. And often this show didn't end up that way. It's just like, here's a tough issue. And it ends at the credits with kind of a shrug of the shoulders. You figure it out, <laughs> you know? And I thought, <laughs> dang, <laughs> I'm impressed. This is, and that's what sci-fi is really all about. I really love teaching sci-fi in my classes. Um, and so this, I thought, Hey, we're, we're getting into some real sci-fi here. And so I kept watching it and heck by the end of the third season, I'm like, dang, this is good sci-fi. <laughs> so yeah, that was my journey. Yeah. Do you have any, uh, Star Trek background? Like, oh yeah, I mean, not quite so extensive as you, but I have a longer history of it, if not quite so in-depth of a history of it, if that makes okay. sense. <laughs> I'm older, so there's I have that going for me. Yeah, but, older. <laughs> sure. <laughs> what are those air quotes for? Um, no, I I grew up on Next Generation with Jean-Luc Picard. Mm -hmm. He's he is the captain of the Enterprise. I, I'm sorry. Uh what, I don't even remember his name. What's the, the normal guy's name? The original guy's name? <laughs> the normal guy. You know the normal one? It Chris is Pine James plays T. Him. Kirk. There you go, Kirk. <laughs> yeah, Kirk was the original, but Picard was my original. So he was, he was my yeah. Kirk. And let's be honest, you know, he's just a dang cool dude. I love that guy. Um, yeah. Not just Picard, but uh, Patrick Stewart I, as an actor. I think he's fantastic. And so, yeah, growing up with that, it was it was something that would occasionally be on in the evenings and we'd gather around as a family and we'd 
we'd watch the show. Sometimes I would be doing a puzzle or something while it was going on. So I wasn't always fully invested in it, but yeah, I had a (laughs) history of it. Um, but it was like, as it would air on TV, that's what we would watch. And it would get (laughs) swapped out with, you know, Lois and Clark episodes sometimes depending on the night and Briscoe County Jr. This is when these things were, (laughs) were actually (laughs) coming out on TV. So yeah, that was my Star Trek experience growing up. Okay. All right. Well, I'm still stuck with the image of watching TV that's airing actively while doing a puzzle. That that just seems weird to me. I was young. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it doesn't seem like a young person activity. Do you know what I mean? That's like a retirement home activity. (laughs) 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 Got around the TV. Here's a puzzle for you guys. Oh, no, it's not. They wouldn't bring the puzzle. I would bring something to do. Maybe doodling or puzzle or something puzzle not very often because i got frustrated with them too easily but it was some quiet individual activity that would occasionally yeah anyway because they wanted to watch the show so i couldn't do anything with anybody else so i had to self-entertain if i wasn't doing the show it was something got it got it okay the picture is clear now i get it well i'm thinking back to to my childhood which again our our media is very similar in, in our households and a lot of swapping. But Briscoe County Jr. is a Western that ends as a sci-fi. Sci-fi Western. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Starts as a Western, ends as a sci-fi. And it just gets more and more off the rails. Lois and Clark, it's a superhero TV show, but Superman has sci-fi themes in it, like you know, technology well, I mean, pushing the boundaries. Any and, superhero shows are sci-fi, right? No, I'm trying to compare. Like, is it sci-fi or is it fantasy, right? Like... I feel like yeah, sci-fi, a little, both. little both, but sci-fi asks those questions, but like humanity's relationship with technology, right? I guess what sci-fi does and fantasy well, is more necessarily like, technology. It's, it asks the what if questions, you know, that doesn't necessarily have to include technology. It's more aptly named speculative fiction. Okay. English yeah. major, English teacher coming out. Yeah. yeah. It's actually more speculative. Okay. Well, <laughs> sticking with the speculative fiction, um, we also watched uh, Quantum Leap. Yeah, oh yeah, Quantum right? Leap. So ding, again, ding, a sci-fi ding, 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 ding. thing, um, <laughs> which actually made me really like Scott Bakula, which is why I watched yeah. Star Trek yeah, Enterprise. Um, I don't remember many of the episodes. I remember like three things. From Quantum Leap. I, I remember the guy in the chair, the, the colonel, the whatever his name is, that's always helping him through the radio. Yeah. I remember him as a character, but three moments in that show stand out to me. One, our main character, Scott Bakula, the Quantum Leaps into a place and he's like, what? Then some dude has a shotgun and just blasts him out a window. And that's, that's like <laughs> a cliffhanger. Because you always see like where he is next for the next episode at the end. Yeah. And so it's just like, what? And then he just gets blasted out of like a skyscraper with a shotgun. And and that's where it ended. Just him freeze framed, like folded in half, flying out a window. (laughs) I'm like, whoa, that's pretty cool. 
<laughs> second scene I remember is him decking somebody when he quantum leaped into a woman and the woman's clothes not fitting him very well. That was <laughs> a weird moment. Right? It's weird. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then uh, the third moment is Man of La Mancha. He's in a play for some reason and he's singing uh-huh. his little song and he like uh-huh. sings it like in its entirety. And, and it's good. It's good. I still yeah, listen to that song well. just by itself. Yeah. And I'm like, it's good. Right. Anyway. So, yeah, Quantum Leap comes to mind. And there's another one, Sliders. You introduced me to Sliders one day. Dude, I love Sliders. Check out Sliders. It's so neat. Um, So a lot of our shows growing up were sci-fi, thinking back. Oh, yeah. Sci-fi fantasy. That was my... Yeah, that's what we did. We didn't do sitcoms. We didn't do... No. Like, what's the other stuff called? Drama. That's it dramas crime shows we didn't do much of that that was a more later when i got into like psych and like chuck and stuff but <laughs> psych and chuck psych <laughs> you're and going chuck. there for <laughs> crime shows those are crime shows they're crime comedies <laughs> sort of crime anyway there's a lot of Somebody sci-fi gets in there. murdered every episode of psych I mean, come on. I, I grew that's up with true. a lot of crime shows because my mom, that's what she liked to watch. She, oh, she watched uh, Matlock. Yeah, Matlock. Um, oh, shoot. 007 before he was 007. Um, what's his Magnum name? P.I. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I watched Magnum P.I. Uh, with Walker, Tom Texas Selleck. Ranger. I did watch that one too. <laughs> 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 yeah, these I watched with all, all watched with my mom. Oh, dang. What's his name? The guy who oh, was Pierce, 007. Pierce Brosnan? Pierce Brosnan, yes. Pierce Brosnan as Remington Steele. Oh, yeah. He was in Remington yeah. Steele. Yeah. So, Remington Steele. Um, there was also Scarecrow and Mrs. King with Bruce Boxleitner. I don't know if this was before or after Tron, but yeah, I, I grew up with a lot of those. Yeah. So I have a point. There was, there was crime. There was crime. Not for me. I didn't watch any of those shows really. I just saw your mom watching them. And I'm like, this is dumb. <laughs> Why is Matlock old and in a courtroom all, like always? <laughs> like, it's so boring listening to an old man talk in the courtroom all the time. Um at least Magnum PI was cool because he drove around in a cool car and just kind of shot at stuff. You know, he pulled out drove helicopters. <laughs> just shot at random things all the time. Oh, there's also MacGyver. I forgot about MacGyver. Yeah, MacGyver. MacGyver is Anyway, the point of all of these uh, memory lane shows is that the Orville feels like one of those to me. Okay. Where, Why is that? Um, it, it feels like a good old day classic something because it's it's not putting the focus on anything besides the situation and the characters, right? Um, I, I feel like a lot of like modern Star Trek or modern TV shows. Like I, I haven't seen modern Star Trek. I tried Picard and I bounced off of it because it didn't feel like Jean-Luc Picard to me. It felt like somebody else yeah. named Picard, even though it was the same actor. It didn't work for me. But I watched The Expanse. And The Expanse was all about the polit- politicalness, the scheming, the reality of it. They spent a lot of time saying, see how realistic we're being? This is super realistic. Check it out. Yeah. And I appreciated that. I really did. But it, it, I don't know. It took away from some of the storytelling, in my opinion, 
because you spend less time on story and more time on, okay, guys, we're about to get into a space battle. Everybody get on your spacesuits. Everybody strap into your chairs. We're going to vent the atmosphere from the ship. We're going to have juice going into your stuff to help you survive the G-forces we're about to pull. Here we go. <laughs> and like all this stuff. And then um, as they're shooting holes in each other's ships, you know, with all these machine guns and whatever, because there's no atmosphere, then you're not going to vent atmosphere. And so that way the ship isn't going to go out of control. And like it, it took all of these steps to get there. And it was a really cool space battle. but it's not a story that's it's more of like a Tom Clancy approach to things. Like this is how it kind of really happened uh -huh. uh, with, with the political intrigue. And that, that's its own little thing and that's fine. And there's modern day Star Trek where every trailer I see, it's like, look at the special effects, like wide yeah. shots and then pew, 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 and all the close ups and all the effects are going mad on the bridge and everybody's screaming and stuff. Like they're, they're trying to make it like a Hollywood blockbuster. Yes, very much so. It's not that. Yeah. You know, like it has less spectacle. Well, like the special effects are good. Yeah. They're, they're good. I wouldn't say they're spectacular, but they're good. Like it is not an old looking show. It looks new. Just they're trying to have but an old style. But it's downplayed. Yeah. Yeah. Like even next generation Star Trek, you know, a bad guy ship approaches and John Luke's like, all right, red alert, you know, and the lights go red and it's like, whoop, whoop, and everybody's all freaking out and looking super serious. They have a red alert on the Orville and they've used it and the lights flash red, but there's no alarm. There's no like sense of urgency or anything. Most of the time, They're like, yeah, it's red <laughs> alert. We'll be fine. <laughs> you know, like it's it's focusing on the characters and the stories and yes. that's really cool and that's why it feels like an old show to me in a good way where it's let's explore a thing and that's what we're here to do and we're going to gloss over everything that gets in the way of that and that's really neat yeah i'll buy that yeah so it's very similar to an old show for me i want to talk um i hate I hate saying these words, but spoiler alert for the Orville because it's only been out for like a while. <laughs> a few years. <laughs> yeah. If you care about the stories in there, whatever. Okay. So although I am curious, you say spoiler alert, but how far have you seen now? I've gotten to um season two, episode four. Okay, so see, you can't even claim all spoilers. I the can't claim stuff all spoilers. hasn't been covered. <laughs> but like whatever you can feel free to talk about like stuff if you if you want to that i haven't seen yet i'll get vague but um who's your who's your favorite character what's your favorite moment like what what's what are the highlights of your experience with yourville oh man yeah i don't know uh i think it's changed yeah Okay. various points sure um i mean i like the redhead i forget his name right now uh because he, he's just kind of amusing and an idiot yeah the pilot yeah and i also like the 
so yeah, Malloy. There you go, Gordon Malloy. I like him. Mm-hmm. I like Kelly Grayson, Commander Kelly Grayson. I think mostly because I have seen her before. She was <laughs> she's in a few things, and one of I won't say things that she's been in. And anyway, what? <laughs> Why not? Well, it, it's going to come up because it's going to be yeah. trivia later. Oh. Dang it. Sort of. Well, now I've got a, something to Google real quick. <laughs> it's not cheating if it's um, not trivia time. And let's see. Oh, Admiral Halsey. I like him. He doesn't show up very often, but I've seen lots of shows with uh, that actor, uh, Victor Garber. He's very good. Mm-hmm. I, I enjoy watching him and stuff. Um Let's see. Dr. Finn is pretty good. I feel like she's most of the time like the solid moral compass of the ship, the doctor. Okay. I disagree with that so far in my experience, but okay. Okay. Well, I I feel like she's usually on point. Maybe not. Anyway. Um, But yeah, Captain Ed Mercer, he was always kind of an idiot. Mm-hmm. But he matures very quickly. Yeah. And I think I think he might become by the end my favorite character by far. He he becomes like a like the Captain America of the ship almost. <laughs> he becomes the moral center by the okay. end of it. Uh I don't know if you've gotten quite that far, but at the end it was like he he's the one who always knows the right thing to say and how to handle the really tough situations. Um, and I like that quite a bit. So, yeah. Cool. Okay. Well, for me to answer the same question about characters, my favorite character up to this point is Alara, the security chief. Uh-huh. Um, but then she left and I was like, Ugh, that's not cool. And so uh-huh. I, like, it was a very graceful exit. So I, I figured it was on good terms and I'm like, okay, is this like an actress availability issue? Or is this like something else? So I Googled it and everybody's real vague about it, but I do know that she comes back later. So I'm like, okay, I'll just relax. That's cheating. <laughs> I have the magic of Google. Um, <laughs> uh, Patrick Warburton showing up as a guest star was a surprise. Oh, so, wait, I totally forgot about that. When did he show up? He's the interim security chief. He's like a <laughs> the stupid alien elephant. Guy. Oh, that's right. And then as soon as he talks, you're like, <laughs> I'm like oh, I know that guy. And oh, speaking <laughs> of speaking of funny people showing up in the show, Bruce Boxleitner also shows up. You haven't gotten there yet, but he shows up. Okay. Well, in that same episode, when there's a Lara, there's a Lara's parents. Um, uh-huh. I, I don't, I don't know where her mom is from, but her dad is from Star Trek. He was oh, a doctor. Okay. The bad guy is from Star Trek. He was a doctor. So it was two Star Trek doctors playing in a episode of the Orville. I'm like, this is kind of fun. Uh-huh, I, I kind of yeah. like this. Um, anyway, so a lot of my favorite, um, I like Captain Mercer, um, Lieutenant Grayson, she kind of bugs me still. I wonder if that'll change. She gets better. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Bordis. 
was <laughs> was pretty good for a while, and then he, he had some struggles recently in the last couple episodes, which yes. kind of kind of made me think about things a little bit differently. Like, oh, I don't know. Um, so that's the thing I do like Corden, the pilot guy. He's funny. Yeah, I like him a lot. But basically, the cast. I like the cast. They're they're all pretty it, good. Um, I don't particularly care for Bordas. He he's fine, and I think he has his moments. Um, and I don't like Lamar. John Lamar. He annoys me. He was the. Uh, I forgot what he he's was the before. Tech but guy. He's, the, he's the engineering head now. Yes. Right? Yeah. 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 He kind of takes me off because he's kind of dumb. Yeah, um, he's like over the top dumb. So yeah, but like, what's the word for it? Like, uh, all the worst parts of masculinity. It's him, you know. <laughs> 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 yeah. So I I like Isaac. Isaac does a good job too. Oh yeah, the robot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so. The doctor, I think, is on my I don't like list. Oh, interesting. So I, I don't like the doctor. Um, I, I don't like Bordis's mate. Oh, heck no. Clyden. Um, yeah, I don't like Lamar. I like Bordis at this point. He, he's like on the line. But yeah, everybody else is on the like, like spectrum, so... I, I say we just talk about some stuff up to the point where I'm at because that'll be fun. Okay. I, I like the premise. So the premise of the Orville is that it's Star Trek. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> like a, guy come, a guy comes on screen. Oh, I thought you were like, going to end it there. <laughs> we're, we're making a Star Trek. <laughs> yeah. Everybody buckle in for one of those, please. And, and so like you get to see the captain – how does it start? It starts with the captain's wife cheating on him. Yeah, yes. I think that's how the, the show starts. So um, the captain's wife is in bed with a blue alien <laughs> that has like squid ink things on his face. So yes. He sprays blue ink everywhere when he's frightened or something. So that's exciting. I guess. I don't know. It's one of those dumb joke moments where everybody's just kind of like, it's weird. <laughs> Why are we here? Why are we lingering? Anyway, this particular event is important for the show because the, the captain's not a captain yet. Uh, Mercer is just a guy who wants to be a captain later, but this event means that he gets a divorce. His life goes into a spiral for like a full year. He's just distracted. He's distraught, depressed. He's not doing well. Then the Admiral shows up and he's like, hey, we want to give you a ship, one of the Explorer class things, the Orville. And Mercer's like, oh, thank you so much. This is a great arm. And he's like, no, no, it's not. We have 3,000 ships <laughs> to like staff and you're not our first choice. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> we just ran out of people. And like that right there set the expectations so perfectly of like, okay, okay. This is not the best ship. This is not. Yeah. The flagship, like the Enterprise was. This is one of many ships. 
and we're going to go follow their motley crew. Like, okay, cool. What a, what a fun departure from most other shows where you see like we're the A team, we're the you made it, yeah, <laughs> we're yeah. so cool. I'm like, that was a really cool intro, and then his ex wife ends up being the first officer because of again, there's nobody left to staff anything. <laughs> they're just running out of people, so that's unfortunate. And uh, hijinks ensue from there. Um, I think that's a really fun start to a show. Yeah. So I'm well, thinking, it, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, like, it introduces some really interesting tension, too, because that's the way you started off the show is they broke off their marriage and now they have to work together right next to each other very closely. <laughs> and it's yeah. like, oh. And if I'm not mistaken, you also find out later that she was part of the reason that he got the job. Yes. Yeah. That she suggested him for the position. Yeah, anyway. Because she, she still cared about him enough to say, hey, like, he could this guy's it. competent. He deserves it. Yeah. Yeah. Which also leads to an interesting twist. So... <sighs> To your, to your point, Captain Mercer being an idiot is correct. And <laughs> the first few episodes were hyper-focused on the divorce dynamic. Yes, and they were. He, he was just making cheap shots at her the whole time. She was fighting back. And I'm like, this is going to get old if this continues. But it doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> no. Like, yep, we're changing the dynamic now. Boop. And once the dynamic was changed and they're like, hey, we're doing good. Everything's fine. And then they throw a different wrench into the works, right? They throw in the 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 cheater guy, the blue alien. Yes. He shows up. Yes. And he's the head archaeologist, and there's nobody else because again, staffing <laughs> issues. It has to be the guy <laughs> that you cheated on your husband with, now being important to peace talks. Now this was episode like oh, and seven interesting right too. Yeah. With him, is it like not just throwing him in the gears and like the guy that she cheated with, but they complicate the issue with he's an alien race. And when he is in uh, a certain phase, right? He, it's like mating phase for his species and he mm -hmm. pumps out pheromones. Yeah. And so he's just attractive. And so it complicates the issue. I think even it, the Captain Ed Mercer like finds himself attracted at one point, doesn't he? He does, yeah. <laughs> and so it, it complicates the issue with like, wait, did she really mean to way back when anyway? And it's it's heavily implied that he was in heat during uh -huh. the cheating window. And he's like, Yeah, yeah, whatever. And like it's a very interesting huh moment. Mean, and this is why this show is good. It's like that is enough of a premise. Like, there's always an A story and a B story to like yes. every every episode of TV. And this was the A story. The B story of that particular episode was there are two warring factions that need to understand who claims the planet based on the archaeological results from the blue alien who's working on it. And the tensions get real bad because the captain and the first officer are all trying to keep the attention of the blue alien. 
Mm-hmm. And so like they're, they're just flirting with him the whole time and fighting each other. Like that's what they're doing. Meanwhile, a war is starting outside. Like literally <laughs> to the point where like ships are shooting at each other. Like these huge armadas are clashing in the background. And they're like, and they're just still fighting over him, you know, and they're just totally ignoring all of their problems. So like, that's a really fun B story. and the rest of the crew is just trying to figure out what's going on like where's the captain i have no idea where is he oh he's flirting with the blue alien at the bar that's what he's doing um so it's it's fun that that was a fun complication and then they use the pheromones to solve the problem and hooray high fives but (laughs) the fact that the other part was the a story was really fun. I liked it. And like <laughs> impending conflict between two races is going to cause millions and millions of death. Oh, that's the B story. It's the background story to, to this. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, it goes to what you said earlier, right? The, the whole show is really focused on the characters. Yeah. And it's not on the big scale stuff. So. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. such a weird departure from like modern day sensibilities. Like <laughs> I think of all the Marvel movies, like, Oh, there's a big bad guy. He's going to blow stuff up. Oh no. Gotta go stop the bad guy. But that being the B story and like Captain America is struggling to find a new beard hairstyle, you know, cause he's trying to get a date in the modern day and he's just not doing it. Right because he's too old and he's got 40 sensibilities in the 2000s and it's not working. Like, and that's the A story. That's what it would be like, right? Like yep. something like that. And black widows get involved. And, <laughs> right? I would watch that too, but no, it's never about that. It's, oh, we got to stop Hydra. Oh, Hydra's infiltrated all of our flying helicarriers with facial recognition, <laughs> rail guns. Real bad. Got to blow them all up. <laughs> yep. Shields actually Hydra. No. But that's not what the Orville does at all. That's really refreshing. It's trivia time. Okay. Hit me with it. Hit me with your best shot. Okay, sorry. We should probably not sing on this show. So Commander <laughs> Commander Kelly Grayson is yeah. played by I actually don't know how to say your name. I assume it's Adrienne Palicki, if it's anything the way it looks like it's spelled. Sure. Uh, so we'll just call her Adrienne Palicki. She once played a superhero. Although it never aired. She like filmed and everything, but it actually it never actually aired. What superhero did she play? Did she play Batgirl? Hey, Batman. you're in the right universe. It's DC. Batwoman? Batgirl? The one that was canceled? No. Nope. HBO Max? Recent? No. Nope. That's too recent. Oh, okay. Sorry, I just... That got canceled in those DC, so I was like, yeah, maybe it's modern because... Fun random trivia. I just read a Batgirl comic <laughs> like a couple weeks <laughs> what? back. I know, right? We, we you read comics? And, and that Batgirl <laughs> was a blonde, blonde hair person. Yeah, occasionally. Hmm, um, what do you know? Like, I've read the uh, new 52 Batman series. 
And I found oh. out how intensive a ridiculous thing comic books are from that. <laughs> like, this, like, no way. I had to borrow them all. So it was like 52 comic books. And there's like eight or 10 or some stupid number of threads. And they all interconnect. So if you want to get the whole story, you have to buy every character's 52 comic run to get the whole thing. And I'm like, this is insane. I can't do this. So I was like, ah, oh, forget the plot holes. I'm just going to read it. <laughs> anyway. It's not that. You have not made me want to read comic books. Find a friend that has them and just borrow them so you don't have to spend the thousands of dollars to get the whatever. Um, I think I'm good, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Well, could I interest you in Turok, the comic book? No. Are you familiar with Turok? Yeah. Okay. Well, you should be excited by shooting dinosaurs with guns as a comic book because then there's like just crazy people riding dinosaurs and fighting with dinosaurs. Oh. That's kind of neat to see. In yeah. yeah. I, I think I have a copy of like Turok two on one of my accounts. Guess how many times I've played it. <laughs> okay. Five. <laughs> <laughs> I remember playing it at my friend's house on his N64 one time <laughs> back when the N64 was new. <laughs> 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 it sounds so but. weird. But yeah, okay. DC hero that never aired. I don't know that many DC heroes that haven't aired. Uh, I got nothing. I mean, I mean, you can't just give up, you know. I give up. I surrender. <laughs> oh, that's too bad, Brad. Oh, that's too oh, bad. No. What is it? She was Wonder Woman. Really? Yep. She was Wonder Woman before Gal Gadot. Why didn't they air the movie? It was a TV show. It was the pilot. They did the pilot episode. It was all filmed and everything. Uh-huh. I don't know why. Okay. They, I... I think I, they had like, it got leaked somewhere online after it was canceled. Like they were not going to air it. And I watched the first, oh, I don't know. I want to say 10 to 15 minutes of it. I didn't get very far in it. But yeah, her outfit was, I'll admit, it was pretty ridiculous. Like it, they tried to make it all shiny leather. It looked weird. Okay. I was a uh, fan. Okay. But yeah. Dang it. She was Wonder Woman. Huh. Is this pre Orville, I'm guessing then? Yes, yes, it was very much pre Orville. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, let's see. Find out right. when it aired for you. It was no, it's not important. 2011. Huh. 11 years ago. Yeah. That's when Skyrim came out. That's so old. Goodness. So, anyway. And then, of course, as I was mentioning earlier, she's been in things. She was in G.I. Joe Retaliation. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. As as who? As Henchman? 
hench lady? No, she was like the one. She was the main. She was the lead girl. Oh, was she? Okay. Yeah, she had dark hair. I honestly don't remember anything from those movies besides there was a car scene with some Humvees that got blown up, and I didn't understand what was happening. And then uh, there's a white ninja and a black ninja, and they're brothers or something. Mm. And uh, yeah, yeah. I also remember that they blow up the iceberg to destroy the underwater base. I don't think the underwater base was in the second one. Well, not the second one. This is just G.I. Joe in general. Yeah, that was the first one. So the okay. second one, they kill off the main character right at the beginning. And okay. you're like, wait, what? <laughs> the guy that I went through the whole first movie with, he's now dead? <laughs> okay. Yeah, so Channing sure. Tatum's dead right at the beginning of the second one. Okay, then I don't think I watched the second one then because I don't remember oh, Channing Tatum okay. dying. Yeah, second one's okay. with The Rock. So okay. they have Dwayne Johnson and he's like buddies with Channing Tatum. And so that's how they introduce him and they draw the connection. And then there's like this huge fight that breaks out and Channing Tatum dies and the rock and his crew, they survive and she's one of them. So okay, I, I guess she's, she becomes the, the replacement for Scarlet or whatever that other girl's name is. I don't know. Well, I, I want to be very clear about the iceberg scene. The deep underwater base with an iceberg over floating over top of it, and they blow up the iceberg so the ice destroys the underwater base beneath it. I want everybody to hear that very clearly. <laughs> so that's what happens. <laughs> okay. And for those of you not getting my point, ice floats, and you should blow up an iceberg. It will not fall down through sink. the water to destroy the base underneath it, it will float to the surface. And it's dumb. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, cool. You feel better now. Good, good, good for good for Grayson. Doing doing other stuff. I didn't know. I didn't recognize it. This is the first thing that my brain said, yeah, she's in a thing. Yeah. So. She was also uh my wife really enjoyed uh, Friday Night Lights. I don't know if you ever saw that about the football nope. team. Nope. Anyway, she's in that too. Okay, cool. Let's talk yeah. the uh, most impactful episodes of sci-fi-ness. That well, I can't because you, you haven't gotten to them yet. You haven't gotten, haven't gotten to them? There's still been a couple. There's still some good ones, yeah. I'll, I'll have to... So you said uh, made it season uh, two, episode... Don't quote me on exactly which one I'm on. Um, well, then you, you're going to have to lead the, the discussion here. To see. Give me a second. I can look it up. Okay, okay. What's the last one you remember? Dang, I am exactly right. Episode four, season two. So nothing left on Earth excepting fishes. It's the last one. And that's when okay. uh, love interest, hot blonde woman, black matter cartographer is actually... The Krill woman. Yes. From the school teacher from before. Episode yes. six, I think. Five or six. Yeah. Yes. That was a fun one. A fun little twist. 
as soon as like they're flying off to vacation and everybody's like, yeah, everybody's happy. And the three Creole ships showed up. I'm like, Oh, she's in on it. I don't uh-huh. know why or how, but she's in on it. Like I knew immediately like, mm, mm. and then, uh, yeah. What an interesting twist. So, yeah. Um, I guess we should bring up, uh, what was this? The third, I think the first time that I really started to respect this show as a sci-fi with yeah. some serious things to, to talk about and question was what, probably the third episode in, I think you're right. um, with Bordis and Clyden and their newborn child who turns out to be a girl in a species that's all male. And like the whole deal of re doing this surgery to make her a him and then finding out that the, the race's most renowned author that everybody knows and quotes is actually a woman who's grown to adulthood (laughs) and like crazy stuff happens in that episode too. It's like, it's hard emotionally yet by the end of it you're like oh that was a rough episode yeah what yeah was the, uh, what was the change the uh so like bordis and the mate clyden they were they were both like this is just how it is you know if a female yeah. is born on accident you know they have to have a corrective surgery to make them male because everybody's male in our race but Bordis watches a movie, and in that movie, he has his heart changed. What does he watch? I forgot. It was a Christmas movie, wasn't it? A Christmas movie? I, I want to say it was like, uh, uh, it's it's a Wonderful Life or something. I don't think that's it, though. The inclusion of like movies from our time is really funny. But like not even from like modern day, but like they always go to the classics, which makes me respect this show more because like it's the classics. <laughs> uh-huh. But yeah, was it a wonderful life? I thought it was. Please um, hold listeners. We got to find this. It's important. But speaking of that, that's like, uh, um, like on a, like Ed Mercer's desk, he has oh, yeah. a figurine. It's totally a Christmas movie. It, it's the uh, it's Rudolph, the really crappy old Christmas cartoons, like the claymation. Oh, okay, it wasn't. It's a Wonderful Life, but yeah, okay. So and he's like, oh, because, because he was Rudolph's, different. Yes, you know special abilities. He was able to save Christmas. You know, and and Bordis says it so self serious. It was hilarious, which is why I think like Bordis yes. is like for this line. <laughs> yeah. I can't remember exactly what he says, but he, he's so inspired by Rudolph's story of Christmas. He's like, I should keep my my child to be female. And then Clyden wasn't there to watch the movie. Doesn't have the same opinion. Um maybe they should show the entire race Rudolph and solve the problem. But Well, it might not it might not matter. And part of the big complication too is that Clyden himself was one he was born female yeah yeah Yeah. and so he has like 
he has some personal experience where like it is shameful to know that he was born that way. Right. And he tries to downplay that and hide it from everybody because of how humiliating that would be. And so he has this own, uh, the, his own issues to work through and doesn't want that for his own kid. Like mm-hmm. to think of how shameful it would be. Like, no. To remain female because then. Yes, that'd be everybody even worse. Would, would be obvious to everyone, like the ostracization, like everybody would just make this child's life miserable. And what parent would want that? Yes. Right? What parent would want their child to be miserable all the time? And so Bordis is like, well, this shouldn't be our choice. It should be the child's choice. And like respect, I don't know, it's just a whole complicated thing. And it goes to court on the planet, right? Of yep. Like whatever, um, which then leads an extra complication. Like should a personal parental decision about what to do with your child be settled in court, uh-huh. you know, by a, a jury of peers that also made me uncomfortable. Um, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, like yeah. the whole thing is uncomfortable and it doesn't resolve them for you. No. And so like the, Bordas is one of the characters that you follow. So I would say he's more of a protagonist than Clyden, the mate. Oh, yes. And so Bordas wants to keep the child female, and he loses. He loses the court yep. case. Yep. And the, the surgery is done, and then you move on. Right? Yeah. And so like the perspective that you are supposed to be rooting for loses. And yep. now you yet to deal with that. And you just have to and deal with it. Yeah. Just deal with it. Yeah. And like that is more accurate to life than yes. <laughs> a lot of things. But it got me thinking about gender identity and it got me thinking about um reproductive rights like abortion and things and like what should be settled in a court and what should be the choice of the parents. You know, yep. and like what a weird what a weird thing to like I don't know. Got me thinking about that. I don't think this is the platform or the time to dive into those topics, but like, <laughs> it, it made me think about it. And that's what good sci-fi does is help you think. Yes. As you mentioned, yes. ask the question, have you, the viewer, the reader, the whatever, think and make your own opinion. Um, well, and <laughs> this is less serious but one of the things that i really enjoyed about it too i'm not sure if it happens in this episode or later as a complication of this episode but the woman author right Mm -hmm. who comes to testify in court you know she comes out of hiding to say hey look all you people who know who i am and revere me and respect me this is me i'm a woman (laughs) and they're like oh no and so that's like carrying huge weight in court because their world has now been turned upside down by someone they revere being actually a woman of their own race that wasn't Mm -hmm. supposed to be possible. Um, anyway, uh, she, that character, I forget her name now, but she gets exposed to Dolly Parton, right. As a singer, she like her music. I think Ed Mercer was playing it or something. It's like, who is this? singer and this wonderful woman and she like proclaims her lyrics as strong and decides that that's going to be uh 
her um I forget what it's what it's called. Like basically her, her anthem <laughs> for women's <laughs> rights on for the Mucklands. <laughs> and she this particularly I think it's uh the song Nine to Five by Dolly Parton. Okay. And so she goes to the union courts or whatever, all the union representatives are there and she goes to testify in front of them and she quotes Dolly Parton to them and, and Ed Mersh is like, oh no. <laughs> and, and she does it in like the same exact serious voice that Bordas does about Rudolph saving Christmas. <laughs> so that's why it's so good. It, it is really good in that way. Um <sighs> So yeah, the first two episodes I think are just set up stuff, and that's fine. Um, the third episode is that a really fun question, and you don't know what to do. The next one is an exploration of like tyrannical. I don't even know what to call it. Just fanaticism. Uh huh. It's, it's kind of like a religion, a religion that spawned out of misinformation. Or mis- yeah, yeah, yeah. remembered information about a it was a ship, a colony ship that didn't know the people on it didn't know it was a colony ship and it was flying into a star. And so they had to save that. And that was kind of fun. Dealing with uh next one is Pariah, the uh the attractive captain that shows up and everybody starts questioning Mercer's stuff because of uh how attractive she is like are you really thinking about it you're giving her way too much leeway and she's actually a time traveler that you know whatever and i'm like okay sure time travel doesn't work ever as we always talk about but like yeah, okay, sure. oh episode Ooh. six almost lost me oh okay go ahead sorry but no go ahead please no 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 go episode six episode six was the yeah you're, this is the one you complained about yeah yeah so uh, the krill are the bad guys. They're the bad guy aliens. They are, I forgot what they call them. Something with like a theological something, the, whatever. It is a theocracy. government theocracy, but there's another word next to theocracy. Oh, okay. Anyway, they, they're all part of a very restrictive um, religion and they're all like fanatics. So like extremists and stuff, and they do not negotiate. They do not do any of it. And they have an opportunity to, they being our heroes on the Orville, have an opportunity to infiltrate one of the Krill ships and steal their religious text called the whatever. I forgot what it's called. <laughs> and uh, so we they We have such great memories. There, right? Like the, the proper names of things are just so unimportant. Right, it's, <laughs> they, they don't steal the book of weird scripture, and so they're going on a very, very serious mission behind enemy lines, where these people will kill them if they're discovered, at best, or they'll torture them and kill them, or whatever. And so, on this super dangerous mission, of course, they send the captain because why wouldn't you? And <laughs> they they send the pilot because the pilot is the only pilot. To fly anything so he's got to fly the shuttle too i guess and so the pilot so as you mentioned, is stranded in space right 
So the, the pilot, as you mentioned, is an idiot. He's funny, but he's an idiot. And uh, they, they crack so many jokes while on this ship. It, it was jarring. Like, even the dumbest person would understand that if I say the wrong thing, I'm going to die. Like, can, can you have any self-preservation yeah. instinct at all? Because, um, like, the uh, the Krill's god, their deity is called Avis, which apparently is a car rental company. Yeah. Yes. Um, and, and so somebody asks one of these two, the, the pilot, like, hey, what, what do the humans believe in? It's like, oh, well, they pray to a god called Hertz, you know, because, like, he's... <laughs> It's a car rental name. Like, see, it's funny. Like, it's not funny. You're going to get yourself <laughs> killed. Stop being an idiot. You know, like, I don't know. It was super weird. But it introduced the krill and all of the stuff around them behaving like a stupid people was good. And in the end, they find out the krill are going to go kill hundreds of thousands of people on a planet. They decide to stop them. The only way to stop them is to kill the buddy on the ship. And they do that because they're space vampires, which I thought was an appropriate joke. Like, oh my gosh, man, the crew are space vampires. Like, that was fine. Because um, they're in their quarters and they were safe. But they end up killing everybody on the ship besides the school teacher and the children. And they, they capture the, the teacher and they send the children home. And like, if you came here for peace and you end up killing my entire crew, you know, like if you're really looking for peace, this is not the way to get it because you've made lifetime enemies out of all of those children, yep. you know, by killing all the adults on board and scarring them for life. And I'm like, that is exactly how war becomes multi-generational. Yes. It's things like that. I'm like, Ugh. but then what else could you do at the moment? Like, yeah, and, no, it does ask complicated questions like that. And yeah, uh, like xenophobia too, right? Just yep. having a fear of the other, whatever they are. Yeah. But it almost lost me because it was so stupid with what they were saying. Like, it was like, oh, come on, guys. Have some base level competence in not getting killed. Please. <laughs> You're about to say something. So I wanted to get back to you. To your, no, to your I don't. It wasn't important. I, I think it had something to do. You mentioned time travel. It actually does come up again later. So, yeah, it comes up I again. I it might. Yeah. Um, it, that's another intense episode, actually. It's rough. Cool. And okay. it focuses around Malloy, and he's not dumb. Good. So. See? like People are getting smarter as the show goes on, which is great. Well, um, and... And they have such a large cast of people, but they have their moments, right? Like you get yeah. this episode's about Bordas, this episode's about Alara, this one's about Ed and uh, Kelly. They they all they all get their time, you know, and yeah. to focus on what makes them different and complicated issues that they themselves might face, which is it's pretty cool. So everyone gets pretty well rounded out as far as characters go. Yeah, absolutely. I, I've really noticed that too. Like everybody gets like their standout episode. So um, just going through the episodes real quick. Majority rule is about um, they find a planet that is only available for like a couple days, like a day. 
and then it disappears and it comes back and it's hundreds of years later it's universe hopping and uh kelly is so bumbling incompetent that she says i'm gonna go wander over this way and her crewmates say don't go to the people because we can't contaminate their culture don't do it what don't what are you doing don't do it and she's like i'll be careful and she literally walks like she literally trips like a kid <laughs> like she got so close <laughs> and then she's like oh crap that kid's bleeding let me fix the kid with my alien technology even though it looks like they're in the bronze age it'll be fine <laughs> and then and she then becomes a goddess and she becomes yeah. like this goddess and like all these people are committing atrocities in her name you know like well yeah. if you really were innocent then you would be healed because they healing is the only thing they got apparently there's like scrolls and tomes and whatever and once they get to the tech age their comment is oh don't worry about it we would have found somebody to make into a deity and done terrible deeds in their name and i'm like that's kind of a pessimistic view on <laughs> religion something on religion and like how cultures develop it's like yeah it's inevitable that they'll invent religion and commit atrocities until they're smart enough not to do that anymore and not have religion. That's kind of an interesting take on it, which actually is part of the sci-fi thing that didn't bother me. What bothered me was Kelly being an idiot <laughs> and stumbling <laughs> down the hill and whatever. And then we get to episode eight, which is important to talk about because the doctor's episode where I didn't like the doctor because uh. This is where the kids get involved. I'm like, oh no, we have annoying kids on the show. Oh no. Yeah, the kids, kids on bad. the show. And the doctor's not uh, doing a very good job parenting. And Isaac shows up and he's like, you are incompetent at parenting. And I'm like, yeah. And then he does a right. better job. <laughs> he does a better job. And I think that's a wonderful, like, lesson. Like, what does Isaac do? He listens. And yeah. he gives attention to the kids and like listens to their actual problems. Whereas the doctor just yells at him all the time. Shut up, sit down, stop hitting your brother. Like that's all she says. And yeah. like Isaac's like, your attempts at calming them down are ineffective. <laughs> or whatever he says. Like, <laughs> it's so perfect. I'm like, do you not, do you not see this? And then like she, she plays the, I'm a single mother card. It's hard. And because Isaac's like, well, where is your mate or whatever? It's like, no, I chose to be a single mother. And I'm like, you guys are just giving single mothers put in a lot of work and a lot of effort, but you're making them look incompetent with your role model yeah. here. That, that was my thing. Like I was offended on behalf of single mothers everywhere. Like, no, I feel like they do a better job. <laughs> <laughs> I'll admit, I don't care for her in her mother capacity most of the time. I okay. think it gets better later and her kids are annoying, but I don't know. They also vacillate like the older one. He's likable sometimes. And then he's really not likable other times, he, which maybe is realistic. You know, <laughs> he's a person. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Oh, I totally mixed up the episodes. Sorry, the uh, I, I was the wondering about that. I, is twelve. Sorry, majority rule is number seven. That's the one where that's where they do the. It's basically social credit, right? You, yeah, social credit one. Yep. Yeah, which is a classic sci-fi thing. So, seen that one before? It was fine. 
Lamar being an idiot in a way that probably bugged you. Yeah, so. I don't like Lamar. He's dumb. So skipping ahead a little bit to the, well, we're running out of time. I don't want to talk about all the episodes. So which one is your favorite up to this point? Till season two, episode uh, four. Up to your point. Uh, let's see. Yeah. I don't know. That's, I mean, do you have a favorite? <laughs> uh, do I have a favorite? Uh, it's more towards the later ones for sure. Um, season two, episode one was pretty funny with the uh, Jaloja. The Jaloja. <laughs> yeah. Or just the concept is. <laughs> concept was funny. Hilarious. Like, this is a really stupid joke there, but like, it, it had some really fun, like, relationshipy stuff going on, um, which, which I kind of enjoy because everybody wants to get a date to the, to the Jaloja. Uh-huh. And, uh, yeah. And, like, again, it showed Mercer being a little bit more adult, like, shutting down stupid jokes and stuff. Yeah. And, like, no, we're done with this. Moving on. Um, that was pretty fun. Nothing left on Earth excepting fishes was kind of fun. The, that twist of like, I'm actually a crow. Ha ha ha. And all, all of that was kind of neat. I liked their interactions. <laughs> and the captain being like, did none of our relationship mean anything to you? And she's like, no. And he's like, but we canoodled. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> like, the, like the use of canoodling was funny. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. What about you? Yeah. You got to pick one. I picked two. Ah, oh, come on, kind man. Of come on. Well, my favorite episodes happen later. They're in the third oh, okay. season. Well, pick one and, and tell me about I'm it. I'm struggling to remember all these previous episodes. Okay. Season three, favorite episode. Pick one and tell uh, me a little bit about second it. Second to last. Second to last. Okay. And then the last was a nice, like, I don't know. Each each episode has like the the climactic arc, right? You know, you get your building mm. action, the climax, and the falling action. Well, the second to last episode is the climax episode, and then the last episode is the falling action. It's I like when they do so. That. It's yeah. yeah, so it's kind of nice that it's just a little bit of a ah. This is a nice, easygoing episode for the last episode, and it's just kind of a pleasant ending, and yeah. Is it but done? the second to last, it might be. We don't know. It's possibility. Uh, I okay. think um, what's his name who runs the show, Seth MacFarlane. He's hopeful it'll will get renewed, especially since it got put onto Disney Plus, mm-hmm. potentially a wider audience. Um, but yeah, well, we'll have to see what happens with it. I think it would be nice, especially considering some of the ways that they ended the the show but mm-hmm. uh you haven't gotten there yet but the second to last episode was by far the most action packed like it was they actually tried some like warfare some pretty intense warfare things going on okay. um lots of different people like teams doing different things you got the squadrons flying around while this other ground team is doing this thing and 
Um, yeah, so it gets pretty intense and it's all over this crazy scenario. Like they're trying to save some people that like, why? <laughs> because they're the <laughs> enemy. So uh, all of this happens to save mortal enemies that somehow suddenly have to be on the same side. And cool. yeah, so it gets really intense. And then there's some loss that occurs in that episode. And I remember, anyway, so heavy action, heavy emotions. I remember finishing that episode. It was late at night and my wife doesn't watch this with me. <laughs> she <laughs> will stay for a few minutes and then decides I'm tired and go to sleep. So she goes up to bed. <laughs> but okay. I remember finishing the episode here late at night. I turned it off and I just sat there in the dark for a while mulling it all over what just happened <laughs> you know and that's to me when you know it's a good show is you're just like you've got to let your mind take this stuff and think on it like, wow. huh you know uh that was the first time that episode where i thought that was spectacular in every sense of the word it was cool to look at and it was just so well done on so many levels that it it was heavy. It was they didn't pull any punches. I was very impressed. Yeah. So third, se I think third season is by far my favorite season. I, I watching the whole season. That, so that's cool. And you haven't gotten there. I was just I was very impressed with all of third season. So. Well, Alara should be back by then. So yeah, I'm all in. Um, but the, uh, <laughs> the last thing I watched that gave me that little moment that I had to like sit there and think about it is probably the most recent James Bond, No Time to Die. Oh yeah, that one got to me, yeah. and, and I sat there for a while. I think I went for a walk. It was like eleven at yeah. night. I'm like, I'll be back. And I walked outside in the dark for a while. That's how I process it. Is I like to go walk and go for a walk. Yeah, yeah. Like that that was really cool and, and really touched me on a on a deep level there. But knowing it's in my future is great because right now I'm still enjoying it right now. Like uh -huh. which is the cool part because um there's a lot of things like, oh, it gets good, you know, in season whatever, or it gets good at this point. Um, especially in like video games. Like all the video game fanboys are like, oh no, yeah, the story's bad in the beginning. Like if you just play for like whatever. The story gets good at this point. Um, I think the most egregious is Final Fantasy XIV. It's an MMO. And I put 80 or 90 hours into it, which is a lot of time in a video game. It is a lot me. of time. And I've beaten the base game. And they say that the story gets good starting in the next expansion. And I'm like, I'm already 90 hours in, and the story hasn't gotten good yet. Like, <laughs> No, not and, and I was looking at it, there's four or five expansions and I was doing the math and like, and if they're all 80 hours long, this is what a 450 hour game or something stupid. Like, like there's no way I'm done. So I, I, I put that aside for when I have, I don't know, time in prison or something. Um, <laughs> <Right. laughs> <laughs> whatever happens where I can just sit there and play video games all day, every day. So with the Orville, it's three seasons. They go fast. At least they have for yeah. me. I started this like two weeks ago. I'm already on season two. And I've enjoyed it up to this point already. And the, 
like knowing it just gets even better. I'm really excited. And I mean, we got to be careful. We had our, we had our, uh, episode about expectations and reality and how, you know, how expectations might affect, uh, stuff, but true, true. I do have to say that I'm slightly envious of you just being in the middle. It was fun knowing that there's more to come and you know, like it's, it's a very episodic show. It's, it's not like the, the current trend where you have the overarching story and you cannot miss an episode because it's all contributing to the main story. No, this is in the true vein of Star Trek, right? It's got the complete stories with a few little tendrils going over the top, but yeah, for the most part, they're self-contained and it's just fun knowing that there's more adventures out there, you know, that there's, you're still in the midst of it, which is cool. So, yeah. Well, like I said, thank you for introducing it to me. What a surprise. What a yeah. surprise this was. And uh, a pleasant one. So, dear listener, if you haven't watched The Orville on Disney+, Plus, go do that so the number goes up so we can get another season of, <laughs> of the show. Because that would be cool. I think. Maybe. Some shows are left, like, are better left shorter runs. I'm not sure if it's the case for this one, but I don't know. Having the option would be good for a season four. So go watch it. Yeah. Thank you guys. And we'll catch you next week.